Hello and welcome to another episode of Land Party Lawyers, where we explore issues at the intersection of video games, law, and business. My name is Stephen Blickensdurfer. I'm joined by my co-host, Nick Brown, and we are your hosts. We have a special episode today uh, for the Land Party Lawyers podcast. Very special. We attended this past weekend Ultimate Gamer Miami, which is a really cool event. Uh, it's an esports competition with educational elements to it. We did some interviews, and uh, we recorded live at the event. So we, we wanted to uh, release that to the public so you guys can enjoy it. Um, and we, we had some good ones. Nick, why don't you just give us a quick rundown of who we interviewed? Sure. So we talked to a lot of people at this event. There were a whole bunch of people there, a bunch of competitors, a bunch of vendors, a bunch of people who were just interested in the esports community. And among them, we got to talk to one, Arta Ocal, who was the host who casted the entire event. He's he'll a professional be, caster. He'll always be Artie to me. He, yeah, they, he and Steve have a good relationship with uh, their names. And uh, we also got to talk to Steve Suarez, the CEO of Ultimate Gamer, the man behind the whole event. We got Very to talk cool. about his vision yeah. for the event. And uh, it, it was, I think it just really went great. Yep. So we're going to start with the interview with Arda, and then we're going to switch over, switch gears to the one with Steve. So both of them, we try to explore issues, well, first with Arda about uh, broadcasting in this space, how he got to start, some of the issues that he faces, some of his thoughts about where esports is going in 2019. How to spell Steve's last name. That too. Then we're going to move over into uh, the interview with Steve, where we talk about uh, as a... um, competition organizer, event organizer in this space. What are some of the, the issues that you face? Also his visions for Ultimate Gamer, uh, things like that. Just keep in mind, we recorded this live on the floor of the event, so you're going to hear some music, you're going to hear some people walking around, but you know, don't mind that. It's great content. You'll love it. You hear the in the background. That's actually Nick spinning the tables. Yeah, so. you know, I moonlight a little. Also, real, real quick before we move over to the interviews, uh, we also spoke at the event. Uh, I got the opportunity to speak on a panel regarding... Uh, the building of esports arenas, and we got to talk at that panel with Full Sail um, uh, about their new fortress that they built, and they have a soft opening coming up. And, and actually, they just had the they, soft they just opening. Had their soft opening. The full they're, opening is in May. Yeah, they're going to be opening in May. Really excited about that in Orlando. Really cool stuff. So, also got to speak to the city manager of Fort Lauderdale. So, good stuff out of this uh, this event this past weekend. Without further ado, we're going to transition to our first interview. Hope, Hope you enjoy it. So we are live from Ultimate Gamer Miami. My name is Steven Blickensdurfer. And I'm Nick Brown, your co-host. And we are joined by a special guest today. Artie? Arda, but Arda, that's okay. Arda, sorry. All I'm right. just trying to think of how to pronounce your last name. Blickensdurfer, man. Blickensdurfer? That is the most difficult name in gaming. It, it could be. Yeah, yeah you're probably. not going to get it confused with anything. No, yeah. Not to be confused with the famous Blickensdurfer uh, video gaming family, yes. <laughs> yes, the like the Vanderbilts of gaming. It's a yeah. dynasty, really. Yeah, the dynasty, that's yeah. right. My, my only claim to fame to this moment was it's one letter longer than Schwarzenegger. But now I have something better. There you go. So I'm just going to cling to that. That's right. (laughs) So uh, can you tell us a little about yourself, Arda? Yeah, sure. So I'm casting this event here at Ultimate Gamer. We're uh, calm before the storm a little bit. People haven't come in just yet. Uh, But we're recording this on the Saturday uh, before all the tournaments. Day one. People are still setting up day one, right? And uh, it's going to be very exciting. So basically, I just go from event to event, and I... Uh, cast events like this, whether it's play-by-play commentary or hosting events, MC on the live mic kind of thing. 
Do you have a, a stream or do you have... I'm a broadcaster by trade, so okay. I work for MSG Networks. So you can usually see me on like Rangers, Devils, Knicks broadcasts. Right on. That's uh, great. And also doing some uh, anchoring on the ESPN eSports desk. I was at BlizzCon last year uh, with ESPN, for example. So things like that. And uh, season two of the NHL Gaming World Championship just got announced and I'm their caster as well. So stuff like that, you know, very random, different gigs in the yeah. world of gaming. You That's know, great. how you collect a bunch of gigs and it makes a living, you know. So you how'd, know you how it is. Get, how'd you get involved? How'd you get your start in uh, casting? Uh, I do what most broadcasters do when they aspire to have a dream like that. I got a degree in mathematics. <laughs> Just like I'm sure you guys, you know, got a degree in law to get into gaming. Followed right? the playbook to a T. It's a well-treaded it. path, <laughs> math to broadcasting. That's correct, yeah. So I... Uh, Typical uh, uh, chasing the dream story, right? I, I, I graduated, got a job as a project manager, hated it. You know, look forward to the weekend kind of thing. Oh, yeah. And uh, just played video games nights and weekends, and that was my number one hobby. And I just chased uh, a dream eventually, and it worked out for me. But, uh, you know, it's a lot of hitting the pavement, pounding the pavement, hit the ground running kind of thing. I'm sure you use your, your degree every day. Well, you know, analytics and esports is a huge. It is. It, actually, to be fair, it is it is growing now. It is growing. I, yeah. I, I'm seeing a lot more analytics being used in broadcasts, especially like Overwatch League. I really think there's a push for that. But uh, right. But yeah, yeah, I'm not really using combinatorics and optimization <laughs> uh, when I'm casting Ultimate Gamer. Yet, not with that attitude. <laughs> no, not with that attitude. Absolutely not. Wow. So tell us, uh, what are the games that you're most excited about casting today at Ultimate Gamer? Well, I mean, Fortnite is going to be uh, always popular wherever it is That's right now, right? One. I mean, really, I, I, I love the conversation of Fortnite versus Apex Legends. That's what we're in the thick yeah. of right oh, now, yeah. right? The whole battle royale genre. To me, what I think is going to happen, I think Apex's launch was terrific. Yeah. I think Beautiful. that from a marketing standpoint, I think they hit the nail on the head. Forget about traditional advertising. Forget about pre-rolls. Yep. Just get the streamers involved that are already playing this genre and get them to market the game for you. And I thought that was a home run. Respawn really knows what they're doing. Absolutely. 100%. Yeah. And what I think is going to happen, to me, my opinion, is Fortnite is going to become the casual hangout environment. I mean, we're already seeing things like Marshmallow Concerts just and Weezer, Weezer. Weezer Island. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if comedians start doing sets, yep. uh, you know, at Tilted Towers or something like that. Like, we have, like, entertainment programming on a weekly basis, and the tournaments are a part of the programming. Right. Whereas Apex Legends really has an opportunity to become the elite Battle Royale eSport competition. The competitive one. Yeah. Yeah, whereas Fortnite is kind of... It's amazing how they're bringing in all sorts of stuff you'd never expect and integrating them together, not just the gaming, but the concerts and, you know, all the other entertainment. I think you're exactly right. It's going to be keep like, blowing up. Yeah, it's going to be like a Sims, like a Half-Life. Like, people are just going to live and inhabit in Fortnite. They want to play a game? Go ahead. I was just going to say out? Second Life, exactly. Yeah, World same. of Warcraft, whatever it is. It's just people are going to inhabit that universe. And what's neat is, is the accessibility for so many people that otherwise couldn't go to a concert or a comedian's stand-up. You're going to have people that otherwise wouldn't be able to access those things seeing some real neat content for the first time. It's funny. Uh, so I do a podcast called The Business of Esports. Not to... Not to uh, oh, mo no. Totally. The, plug the it. Plug here. away, plug man. It. I appreciate that. So it drops every Thursday. I, I Basically, my two co-hosts, one of them uh, owns a bunch of esports teams, like Team Genji. He's a big Hearthstone guy. Uh, so he owns a bunch of teams, William Collis. And the other guy, Paul Dawalibi, Mr. Hot Take, as I call him, he's uh, he's a venture capitalist. So he, invests in, he invested in Final Mouse. He's an investor nice. in like a lot of different companies. Companies. Uh, he, we had this whole conversation when Marshmallow had his concert about like what other acts would 
uh, be associated with Fortnite? What would you right. see, right? And, and I was saying, you know, you're going to see comedians and actors. There's going to be right. integrations. Uh-huh. And then he, th- he thought about it, and he's like, well, you're not going to really see, like, Celine Dion do a concert in Fortnite. But then there's a Weezer Island, and I was thinking, <laughs> if there was ever an act that would be in the conversation... Right. Like Celine Dion is an extreme example, but Weezer is not that far off. No. Right? In terms of like brand alignment. Marshmallow is endemic to Fortnite. Like he loves playing the game. He's a gamer. I'm not saying that the Weezer people aren't, but like in terms of brand, right. that's it's pretty not a far apart, one. right? Yeah. So yeah. it's like it's like if if to me that's the Mendoza line, right? right. If Weezer is a part of Fortnite, then mm-hmm. now the gates are open for any any entertainment entity to it's be a part. It's that crossover from mainstream media to no otherwise connection to gaming and all of a sudden you've just completely blown the door down. It's so hot right now. You know, everybody who is in that space would do well, I think, to try to get in on that just because of how popular it is and how, you know, especially among the younger generation. Yeah. It's just, you know, it's it's uh, it's a part of the everyday conversation. It's a household name at this point. So what are you most excited about with respect to um, how, I mean, Battle Royale is here to stay for, for a, you know, the foreseeable future, but what are the other cutting edge things about gaming that you're very excited about? Well, I think the rise of esports is, I think 2019 is going to be a very important year. I think that Overwatch League is showing us that the paradigm is shifting in terms of how the esports leagues will be run in the future. Yeah. We're seeing that already change, the whole city-based. I'm really curious to see how that will work, yeah. how many people will show up on a weekly basis if these teams are going home-and-home home series, if they're playing like traditional sports, how many people will come to these events and venues. So why don't you give us a quick background okay. on the what we've been seeing in Overwatch League with the sponsorships with cities. We've got, I think, Right, so Paris. it's franchise-based. So what's happening is uh, cities are essentially getting teams. So you have the Toronto Defiant or NYXL or Atlanta Rain or London Spitfire. They're teams all around the world. Uh, Paris Eternal. These are teams that are city-based. Uh, and Overwatch League is really spearheading that. It's more of a traditional sports format, how right. the NBA has the Knicks and the exactly. Lakers, etc. Right. So what's going to happen next season is at least this is the plan is that Overwatch League is not going to be played in one venue. Right now they're playing in Burbank at Johnny Carson's old studio. They renovated it into an esports arena. Really? I didn't know that. Yeah, that that was <laughs> John- Can you imagine like this is to me that's surreal, right? right? Like some people listening to this maybe grew up on Carson and right. Leno, right? And now that is an esports studio. Incredible. Yeah. Blizzard Arena, yeah. So that's phenomenal. So what's going to happen in the in the next season, uh, at least that's what the plan is is for these teams to play in their own markets. So we're seeing local activations happen now. Like, for example, I went to an NYXL viewing party that was attended by hundreds of people. It was a very successful event. Yeah. And I think that there is a market and an appetite for localized events where people get together. I think people want that camaraderie in esports, and I think people want to be around like-minded people. So I just wonder, though, how many people... I don't know if they're going to be selling out Madison Square Garden every week, but I do think that there might be a couple hundred people that are really, truly invested in this on a weekly basis. It's interesting because you'd think esports would be a little bit more naturally acclimated to being broadcast from people watching them at home, but we're seeing people actually show up live, like for sporting events, right? Right. Yeah, it's the, the thing is is that you would think that people would just want to watch it because the viewing experience is very comfortable at right. home and, and some and for some sports and for some esports it's very it's much better to watch it at home. I cannot tell you how many hours of StarCraft I've watched yeah. at home on Cyril? the couch. 
What's Cyril? That? Oh man, uh, all of them, man. Oh, I, yeah, I just yeah. watched the. Uh, they had a big one a couple weeks ago. One of the big tournaments. I don't know. It was IEM. I think it was an IEM tournament. Uh, where uh, there was a CS:GO tournament that just happened. Oh really? Uh, yeah, yeah. And Katowice. I just under, uh, learned how to pronounce the city name. Oh, I've been pronouncing it wrong. I have always been fascinated by casters being able to brought to cast a RTS game like StarCraft. But I just not. It, that's just one example. You know, CS:GO, Fortnite. They're hard to cast, in my opinion, because there's just so much going on at any one moment, and you have to. And let's shift gears to casting because okay. I'm, I'm fascinated to talk about this. Just you, the discretion to know what to talk about at any particular moment to, to put on a good cast, to put on a good show, to to describe it to the fans. You know, I, I guess what goes through your mind when you are, and that probably depends on the game that we're talking about. So I come from the traditional sports space, right? So preparing, uh, play, and there's different roles, of course, play-by-play, -play, de anchoring a desk, reporting sideline right. interviews these are all different roles so this weekend i happen to be doing all of them uh, i'm one of the solo talents that's <laughs> it's rare wow. to be in a situation like that uh, but luckily i have enough of it in my in my past that i can yeah. juggle these as necessary right yeah. now the thing is is that i'll give you the uh, nhl as an example so i'm the play-by-play -play voice for the nhl gaming championship which is the nhl's official esports offering so what happened in season one is you saw a lot of because it was based on the franchises so you could pick any team you wanted in the game and compete a lot of people were picking the same teams because uh, in nhl 18 there were uh, three teams that the elite level players were picking over and over again pittsburgh tampa winnipeg and they just cycled through them yeah. uh -huh. so i was calling a lot of pittsburgh penguins versus pittsburgh penguins so crosby <laughs> and crosby have the face off one by crosby <laughs> chasing after the puck is crosby like it, it was basically a, a very parallel universe right so i had crosby. to yeah exactly one by crosby what a shock right <laughs> so it was a lot of uh, i had to keep it entertaining but i also had to make sure the viewer wasn't lost in what they were watching so there was a lot of resetting. There was a lot of like a little, this is a little inside baseball, but there was a lot of like some uh, things that I had to keep in mind to make sure that the viewer didn't check out. Right, sure. Now hockey, uh, NHL gaming is a little bit, it's more fluid of, a, of an eSport, like you said. Like the, uh, Fortnite is a little bit more of a frenetic pace, for example. Right. Uh, and there's more nuances, like Super Smash Ultimate is here this weekend if as I well. If I could see your stress levels, if someone put those little things on your body <laughs> as a Fortnite game goes on, it literally will probably look like a, one of those extra exponential uh it's more know, excitement grass. than anything though it's more like it's not nervousness it's more excitement like right. oh good things are building yeah, yeah exactly yeah, yeah. so uh but no the preparation is different i mean to ask good questions that the audience wants to hear and also uh, the thing is is that it's it, it's more difficult than people think i don't think people give enough credit to the sideline interviewers because it's not an easy job it's not like you have the questions in front of you and they're feeding them to you and you just ask questions you have to know like, what is a good question to ask somebody that just lost a game? Right. Or just right. won something or did some sort of life event that just happened to them, right? So it's not... I think that people think that it's a very easy job. You can roll out of bed and do it, but you can't. It's very... Like, you have to know how to... Like... Even one heart. word, yeah, even one. I mean, you guys know as lawyers, right? Like, people will mince your words, yeah. particularly online. Yeah. So you have to know how to construct your questions. You know, there's a difference between asking a yes or no question or an open-ended question. Like, you have to know how to, how to extract information from somebody. Right. And what if this person is not charismatic or doesn't like to talk? I was just going to say, now you're, you're also, athletes are one thing. Okay, they, they have probably grown up in it, been interviewed quite a bit. You know, now you're interviewing gamers, 
which is quite another thing. And they're not a lot of them. Most of them are not media trained. Right. Athletes are media trained. Right. right. They get they get uh, talking points practice what to say how to say it right you know athletes even even if they're not charismatic they'll at least know the cadence to give you enough information to answer your question but sometimes in esports that doesn't happen yeah. so what do you need so it's almost like you need to be even more seasoned as an interviewer right. to be able to get a good interview out of somebody exactly. that doesn't like to talk to guide them along now that's the case now do you think that's going to change as esports gets more you know of a home a home name and a, and a household term and it's it's more popular you think we're going to start to see more people that are more media savvy and that it's going to become a lot like what we see with traditional athletes now i think so i think that uh one one thing that we're seeing now is we're seeing a lot of changes health wise a lot of teams have team physicians and team nutritionists and team chefs and this wasn't even thought of a few years ago right so when you see changes like that i really think that uh, media and, and other arms that uh, maybe aren't as important to your personal health but are still important in the grand scheme of the, right. of the industry will be thought of. So I do think in the next few years you will see that implemented somewhere, somehow. Yeah. So we are lawyers, as you mentioned earlier, and we would be remiss if we didn't ask you about some of the legal aspects that affect your job. You know, that could I plead the fifth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Did I do that right? <laughs> you absolutely did. Clearly you know All what you're right. talking about. And, and, and no one could see your fist pumping as you're doing it, but he's totally pumping his fist. It was an emphatic That's the happiest, fifth. the happiest fifth of all time. <laughs> Why don't you just walk us through the life of a caster in terms of some of the legal issues that you encounter, if, if that's uh, if that's fair to ask. In terms of, like, you know, you've got contract issues sure. that you probably need help with or any so, of the So, I mean, I have, an a I have an agency that represents me. I yeah. mean, that's probably mm -hmm. when you get to a certain level, you definitely want to look for representation and that. those people are usually lawyers they know how to negotiate contracts they right. know legalese as you guys would know right to to understand uh what goes into a contract and also with this certain wording what we're yep. talking about wording etc and, and what i would be on the hook for etc uh, even coming here, like the, uh, a contract was signed and it was looked over by my agency to make sure there wasn't anything. Not that there would be anything nefarious, right, but, but just anything that would uh, bind me to do something that wouldn't necessarily. You know what I mean? Anytime like, right. you're entering into a legally binding agreement, you got to know what you're getting into. Exactly. Right. So, so, so definitely representation is key uh, when casters get to a certain uh, level. But uh, I would also say that a lot of people just don't realize that. A lot of people just don't know that. The thing is, is that this industry, uh, this industry is very difficult, right? Uh, the, the the show show business, esports, whatever whatever you know, subsets, etc. It's very difficult in the sense that. Uh, casters often feel like if they don't sign today, the opportunity is going to leave them. Right. Right. Like it, it, they feel it's a very fragile industry and opportunities are few and far for, for, for many people. I'm not saying for everyone. Right. Very few and far between. So when an opportunity comes in front of you, you have to capitalize on it immediately. Don't worry about reading it. Sign You'll away. About, exactly. exactly. Right. So, sign now. Ask questions later. And, and I'm not saying that uh, you know everyone in the business is predatory like that, but there are people like that that exist. Right. So uh, you, uh, for for any casters uh, moving up in the ranks. Uh, that are looking to improve their careers, I would say uh, don't sign anything without reading it. I mean, I think that's elementary for anything that you do. Right. But uh, also make sure you know what you're getting into. I mean, certain events may ask of you more than, m more than you could chew. Like, you might 
be asked to bite off more than you can chew. So right, make right. sure that you're clearly understanding exactly what you're doing. Like I knew going into this weekend, for example, that I might have to do interviews. I might have to do play by play. I might have to uh, fill uh, time on a live stream. Right. And I was okay with that. So right. I understood that and I complied. I said, yes, I agree to this yeah. before, before uh, coming down. And sometimes you are not contractually, contractually obligated to do this interview, just by the way. This I, is, it was uh, a lengthy process <laughs> to sign yeah. this. Half of it was me trying to spell your last name correctly. Uh, he Steve. won the prize, and yeah, that I means you coming on to the podcast. It, the 18 <laughs> revisions later, we finally got it. But that would be my biggest advice. So I, I want to switch gears real quick, and I don't want to take up all your time, but I want to maybe ask this one final question, and it has to do with New York. I, I'm, I'm curious to find your, your thoughts on how the gaming industry is in New York. How it's kind of, or or maybe in just like major metropolitan areas, you've been around the country for a bit. Maybe you can kind of tell us um, how it's looking in terms of it's really hot in New York. It's only going to get better, or really LA is the hot spot. Can you kind of give us a general sense of the geography of the esports? I feel like LA, uh, California is still the hotbed. Uh-huh. I feel like New York has ambitions to 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 vie for that spot. I think that it is on the trajectory to compete. But I think that California is still uh, where the biggest decisions are made and also where the biggest scene is, what, so how, to speak. how does Texas fit into that with the, with the new arena out in Austin? I think that that's going to help. I think we're going to see that across the country. We're going right. to see a lot of, I think... Seeing in Orlando soon. Right, exactly. Full right. Phil Sale University doing a great job there. Uh, new York uh, starting to build a couple as well. But I really feel like that's going to drive as well. Like... It, it, we're going back to the local activation. That's going to be key. Wherever the most passionate fan bases are, right. that's where we're going to see. And, and, and it has to be physical buildings. That's I really right. think I that esports-specific buildings, DC uh, has right. designs on creating. You know what I mean? I think that uh, uh, sports teams getting involved, like Boston Uprising and, and the Craft Family, exa- for example, the yep. Will Ponds and, and NYXL in New York. Like I think that as these investments continue to grow geographically, we're just going to see this grow and rise. Great. Arda, I appreciate your time. Thank you so much. Sorry Thank for butchering you. your name in the beginning. How I- dare you, <laughs> Diefen Baker? It's really great to see you. Former Canadian Prime Minister Steve Diefen Baker. Yeah, Steve's never had anyone butcher his name before. <laughs> no, so. no, Please tell everybody where they can find you, connect with you, and what else you got going on. Yeah, sure. Uh, on Twitter, you can find me at ArdaOcalTV. I'm basically exclusively playing Tetris 99 right now. Awesome. Speaking nice. of Battle Royale, so that's yeah. basically Tetris that's Battle Royale all day. Battle Royale. And remind us of that podcast you're a part of. Uh, it's the business of esports drops every Thursday, uh, and we basically dive into all the uh, big ticket items in terms of business and esports. It's a great it's a great podcast for people that want to understand investments in esports and business decisions, anything happening in the C-suites. It's, it's, it's really good. Excellent. Thank you so much Thanks, for your guys. time. We really appreciate it. Really appreciate it. Looking forward to your casting today. Thanks, guys. Hey everybody, Nick here. Hope you enjoyed the interview with Arda Ocal. Uh, next up, we have the interview with Steve Suarez, the CEO of Ultimate Gamer Miami. Hope you enjoy. Well, welcome back. We are here with Steve Suarez, CEO of... The Ultimate Gamer. The Ultimate Gamer. The real Ultimate Gamer, you could say. The Ultimate Gamer, which is important because it's about a competition at the end of the day... We're going to have one Ultimate Gamer here in Miami. That's right. So why don't you tell us, Steve, a little bit about uh, where we are. We're at. We're live uh, recording from Ultimate Gamer, but why don't you just give us a little bit of a backstory about Ultimate Gamer 
how it came to be, and uh, we'll go from there. For sure. Um, first of all, thank you guys for having me on. Um, I really appreciate you guys being here live at the event. We're in Mana Wynwood in downtown Miami, Florida. Um, seems like everybody's having a good time. Sure looks that way. Yeah. Um, so the Ultimate Gamer um, is, is, is kind of a brainchild of mine and, and my baby. We, um, I invested in, Ultimate, in, in gaming about two years ago in Chattanooga, Tennessee. And I invested with some friends of mine, um, Damon John, Gary V, Ken Griffey Jr., and my friend Jared Nixon that's here. And we own a, in downtown Chattanooga, which, by the way, has the fastest internet in the United States. If really? You guys did not know Incredible. That. I did not know that. Look at that little knowledge for the, for the <laughs> listeners. Um, I don't think a lot of people know that. But so we invested in, in, a, in, a, in an arena. It's a small arena, yeah. 90,000 square feet um, in downtown Chattanooga. And as I was looking at the landscape of gaming, and I have to admit I'm not a gamer, um, but looking at gaming and esports, everything I saw and read about around the world globally was about one game. So you have leagues that are one game, you yeah. have teams, right. you have competitions, you have, I mean, everything is one game centric. Even when you go to some of these bigger conferences like DreamHack, there's different rooms that are one game. So you have your right. Fortnite hall, you right. have your other hall. So you know, I, I got to thinking, I was like, hey, why is nobody not crowning the best gamer in the world? Right. Like, how cool is it to be the best gamer on the you planet? you don't play just one game at home. You play multiple games. Multiple games. For sure, and for you, And you want to be the best at each one of them. A hundred percent. And you brag to your friends, I can beat you in this. You name a game, I'll beat you. As I've it. done many times As with I've Steve. done to you. <laughs> All right. Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> So I come, and, and it's kind of the, the, the irony of it, right? I come from the CrossFit. My background is CrossFit. I had a big fitness event that I, that I created, I launched, and I recently sold those called the Waterpalooza. Um, and in CrossFit, and why I'm even bringing that up is what CrossFit does is they claim to crown the fittest person on earth. Ah, okay. Right? And how do they do that? They do it by testing athletes through different modalities. They test you in gymnastics, endurance, strength. Right, so I was saying, hey, well, why don't we find the best gamer on the planet? And how are we going to do that? Let's test them through different types of games. It's like the CrossFit of gaming. The right. CrossFit of gaming. There you go. It's a CrossFit of gaming. And, and here today we have Smash Brothers, CS:GO, and Fortnite. We do, and there's actually Rocket League as well, but that's only for the championship for the Ultimate Gamer bracket. Good. So that's going to be tomorrow. That's going to be tomorrow. They'll have to play all three games plus Rocket League again. So we can tell people that we're exercising today, right? That's, You're doing CrossFit, that's legit, right? Okay, good. good. You're actually getting healthier, right? now that's it i heard i'm supposed to talk about crossfit so i feel now i can do that yeah <laughs> so i mean our goal and, and you were you were saying at the beginning of the show is kind of my my vision for this is is to really find the best gamer on the planet and how do we do that unfortunately it's not happening today right like we're finding <laughs> the best gamer at ultimate gamer today right yeah. it's our first event and it, i wouldn't ex i mean i think it's been great so far there's a lot of people here we're gonna have uh it's a serious competition yeah there's a serious competition and, and the ultimate gamer will be crowned. and i and i and i really feel i was telling my wife the other night that five years from now whoever wins the ultimate gamer here t this weekend will be able to say i was the first right? ever i right. won the inaugural ultimate gamer right when nobody knew what the hell it was or what <laughs> they were trying to do you're gonna have to have a little hall of fame for you for know, sure your winners they're gonna get to keep a really amazing trophy that that the crew came up with nice but the goal is to have an online digital qualifier worldwide right. so just hypothetically right one million players where we release challenges once a week for three to five weeks yeah 
Oh right? wow! For instance, something that people can relate to: Fortnite. So we'll release a, we'll release the challenge on a Wednesday, and say, "Hey, the most kills this week." That's how we're gonna judge you, right? Okay. So people would have from Wednesday to Sunday to play, mm -hmm. record themselves playing, and get their best score. Oh, nice! They would submit their score with a link to the video, right? Then let's assume we have a million players, just for yeah. the sake, because a million sounds good. Um, we would d divide them up in regions. So then from there, we'd get the top 1,000 players in Europe, and they would participate in a live event like where we're at today. The 1,000 players would, would then qualify to participate in this live event in Europe, let's say Amsterdam, uh -huh. um, somewhere in Asia, somewhere in South America, somewhere in North America. And then from that 1,000, we'd dwindle it down top 10 in each of those regions, would then go on to compete at the World Championships, let's say, right? And that would be somewhere in New York, LA, somewhere big, right. where there's you right. know 50 players competing for a $10 million prize. The best of the best. I love that best idea. What, could you walk us through, now we are lawyers, so we, have, we think sometimes with our legal yep. minds, <laughs> what are some of the legal challenges that you faced as you were going from brainstorming ideas to putting it to literally where we're here today and, and experiencing this awesome event? Yes. So I think the biggest one that I have... Um, Without going into any disclosures of yeah, any yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely, We yeah. don't want to hear what your lawyer told you. <laughs> <laughs> um, by the way, I'm a client of Carlton Fields. Oh, wonderful. Nice. There you go. So, I, I, well, I knew we'd get along. <laughs> <laughs> um, great firm. That's a shameless plug oh, for well, you guys. All right, all right, but they didn't you. know. In fairness to them, they had no idea whoever's listening. So, you know, I think the biggest challenge is with the developers of the games, right? Is how do we get permission for these guys, yeah. from these guys, good point. To use these games and and have them in a competitive format, right? Um, and I think that's kind of the biggest challenge, right? Is how do we do that? Obviously, you have all your your privacy stuff and all your kind of waivers right. at any competition, right? Any registration, vendor agreements, vendor agreements, all that sort of stuff. You gotta you know, lease the place. You gotta the, lease the place, right? right? So we have an agreement. We have you know you have police and fire, and you have all this kind of stuff going on. But I think the biggest challenge for any organizer of an event esports event would be how do you get in these developers kind of control their own intellectual property right, right. Sure. Um, so how do you convince them to give you the rights to use it um, and then you have a contract and all that that comes with that right. so um, that's our biggest challenge I think moving forward that's going to continue to be our biggest challenge my hope is that this gets so big that you have developers begging you they want to work with you they want to work with you right, right. right. Developers are saying hey I want my game to be one of the games that defines who the greatest right. player you, on the right. earth is. You did a good job. I saw it. It looks great. Yep. Let's do this again. Instead of you asking them, they come to you and say, "We want you. To, we want your guys to play our game. To play our game." Yeah. And I think, and I, and I just thought about probably even a bigger issue that we have legally is trademark issues. Yeah. Sure. Not issues, but we trademarked the Ultimate Gamer, and then you have five different classes that you want to trademark that in, right? Um, not just for live events and competitions and digital, but then you have your merchandising and then protecting your intellectual property in the esports industry is huge. It's it's probably to and me the most not, important. And thing. it's not just for the the developers. It's it's for the people who are setting up events. It's the the that because that's our asset is the branding, especially this day and age when everything is about branding. One hundred percent, one hundred percent. So we 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 trademarked as well, and we're in the process of trademarking. We filed for the trademark, yeah. right? to be completely sure it's, it's for the best gamer on earth best gamer on the planet and best gamer in the universe awesome so we have to protect those things right that's where the real value is yeah. i think is in the concept in the brand um 
other people are going to be coming after this idea. This I, is a, a killer I, idea, I, I, especially I so. seeing how well it's going. For sure, I believe so. I think there's a lot of people going to come on. So, so tell me a little bit about where you see this going. Uh, I know we talked a little offline about it, but why don't you share with everybody who's listening, what are some of the visions that you, because you're a visionary, I can see it. Your eyes glowing as you're talking to me about this baby that you have. I, I love it. Tell me a little bit about what's, what's coming down the line. What do you have in store? Well, so in, in the short term, right, this event was proof of concept in my eyes, right? It was, right. It was a great gap. We're going to gather some incredible footage, content, um, and then from there we're thinking about having a global launch of the actual brand in New York City in September. Awesome. And then launch the 2020 year, Ultimate Gamer year with the online qualifier and everything I spoke about before starting in January of 2020. Um, and in that there's content plays. We've been talking to Netflix. Hulu, Amazon, who, who want to purchase this stuff, and, and right. it, content is king, as we all know. Yeah. So that's where a lot of the legal stuff will come in as well, is right, who's going to own this content right. at the end of the day. Of course. So content is, as far as a business is concerned, is the biggest money maker in, right. this, in this industry. Um, you see these guys, how much money they're making on Twitch. That's their content. That's their kind of IP. Right? Exactly. Sure. Um, we have our own Twitch channels, and there's a lot of way to get make money on Twitch and, and on all these other sponsorships is huge right um, sponsorship dollars in e-gaming right now has surpassed all four major sports yeah. in the united states we yeah. were reading about that that's absolutely fascinating and it's only going to keep going up from it's here right it's not going away no, you're just, not going away no and because you have global aspirations not just the united states but this is the ultimate gamer like best in the world best in the world yeah and i think in order to find the best player in the world it just in nature you have to be all yeah. over the world right you can't just be a man where are the best markets right now for this sort of thing what communities are are really hot for for developing this type of competition i mean believe it or not the U.S. is kind of lagging behind. Um, yeah. Asia is incredible, and, and believe it or not, Latin America is South America is huge. Oh yeah, South America right now is probably the second largest market in the world. Telemundo just came out with a new um, e-sports e station. Wow, just strictly for esports. Really, I did not know that. Yeah, so it's pretty wild, man. I mean, just what's happening—the growth of the sport of of this industry—is insane right now, and um, I think people that are really focused on doing it right, celebrating the community, right? You have to be authentic to whatever you're doing, right? And celebrate this community. It's about the 99%. Yeah, we want to find the best gamer in the world, but yeah. let's celebrate the 99% in the process. Oh, yeah. Everyone's right? having fun. So, yeah. well, th this is a lot of fun. Why don't we just plug where people can find you if they want to connect. Um, and you mentioned New York coming up. So why don't you just... Yeah, um, well, you can follow us. Um, our website is ultimategamer.com. Follow us, the.ultimate.gamer on Instagram. I am not, I feel embarrassed. I have no idea what our Twitter is. We heard them <laughs> plug in the hashtag yeah. Ultimate Gamer Miami. Hashtag Ultimate Gamer Miami for sure. I don't know what our Twitter uh, handle is. But we, we'll find it. We'll, we'll find it. it. We yeah. have it probably Twitter. has Ultimate Gamer in it, it right? It has Ultimate Gamer. <laughs> Same thing with Twitch. I know we have a main channel and three sub channels on, on Twitch, all starting with Ultimate Gamer. Nice. Um, and yeah, just stay tuned for some news about New York and then the global launch in New York and then the series and the, se and the season in 2020. Excellent. Well, if this is the proof of concept, I, for one, cannot wait to see what's next. I'm really excited about yeah, congrats this. Congrats on this, and uh, we look forward to the future. Thank you guys so Thanks, much. Thanks, Steve. Appreciate it. Well, we hope you enjoyed the episode today. It, Ultimate Gamer was a great event. We hope you enjoyed it. Um, stay tuned for more episodes from our season one of our, our, our podcast. And uh, until next time, game, game on. on.
You've been listening to the Land Party Lawyers podcast series with Steve Blickensdurfer and Nick Brown. To learn more about our e-gaming and e-sports practice, visit carltonfields.com. This podcast is intended for general information and educational purposes only and should not be relied on as if it were advice about a particular fact situation. The distribution of this podcast is not intended to create and receipt of it does not constitute an attorney-client relationship with Carlton Fields. Thanks for listening.